on the cover, the Infernus Tower encased in a pillar of fire. Superimposed behind it is the massive form of Balthazar Infernus, arms and wings spread wide to surround the Apex City's skyline. In his eyes, the city's inverted reflection burns with golden flames. Issue 52, Prelude to the Apocalypse. to Apex City, where everything is fine. Everything is fine. Don't worry about it. We panel in on a group of statues, uh, which Jackie had actually come across last session, as you may recall. Uh, And this is essentially a petrified uh, news crew. Channel 4. There's one newscaster, and then there are two camera operators, and we come in on their petrified faces. And as we do, they begin to crack and crumble off, and we can see underneath the thin coating of stone that was covering them, featureless masks locked in single expressions. One of sorrow, one of joy, and one of rage. I'm sure that's fine, we'll, we'll deal with that later. Let's get back to the Infernus Tower, where Piro, your good friend William, is crumpled in a heap on the steps. And there are a bunch of fiery demons coming towards the group of you. How's it going? Terrible, I'm gonna say. Can I charge my burn now? You sure can. (laughs) This seems like an excellent time to do that. I got an eight. I hold three burn, but I mark a condition? No. Yes, no, I mark a condition and hold three burn. Uh, You can see that this ring of fire, what were around the Infernus building, like the song Johnny Cash sings about, is starting to grow skywards in a big pillar. And there are probably at this point a good half dozen or so demony looking forms look vaguely like Williams, but more on fire. And they are just sort of closing in uh, slowly towards you and William. And Ruby, as it turns out, because Ruby was here. I forgot about her. Everyone forgets about Ruby. She uses that to her advantage. But she is here, and she does step up next to you and hoists a a baseball bat with a nail through it. Alright, so she's ready. I would really like to try to wake up William if that's possible, and I have a plan if that is something I can do. How, how are you trying to wake up William? Uh, I think miming some smelling salts would probably be the best. I think we're gonna call that an Unleash Your Powers. Okay. Because I don't think you ever tried to affect someone who is unconscious with your abilities. Yeah, how did, if it's if it works on other people's cognition, me being unconscious seems like a serious detriment. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I have tons of demons just hanging out. And demons are intimately familiar with the effects of smelling salts. Well known for using smelling salts, demons. Yeah, exactly. Because in in wherever they come from, there is a lot of brimstone. And that stuff smells real bad. I got another eight. On a hit, you do the thing. But uh, you can either mark another condition or I will tell you how it is unstable or temporary. I just, I would like to mark a condition, please, and keep my friend conscious. I was really hoping William would be awake, but very unstable, and that's how he's going to be unstable. Oh, that's different than usual. We get those panels where Piro is, like, waving the imaginary smelling salts in front of William's face, and we can see William kind of, like, start to come back up. At this point, several of the demons start moving towards you with a little more urgency. 
Ruby takes a swing at one uh, and gets swiped for the trouble. Uh, so she is definitely not down and out, but she is uh, having trouble holding her own against these uh, these things, which is unusual for Ruby. Yeah. Yeah, William, y- you just got popped back to consciousness by some imaginary smelling salts. Piro, tell us what those smelling salts smelled like. Uh, I think they would probably smell different to different people. Uh, in that case, William, what is the smell that brings you back to consciousness? Nice. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, thanks a lot. Um, I think it smells like a delicious Applebee's appetizer. <laughs> oh no. Yes. <laughs> okay, yes, now let's roll with this. William, what is the Applebee's appetizer that snaps you back to consciousness? A very strong scent of three-day-old onion rings <laughs> doused in very, very old vinegary hot sauce. Ask your local Applebee's for three-day-old onion rings uh, in vinegar hot sauce. Tell Mapex City sent you. you. You come back to, and you can see Ruby uh, trying to hold off a half dozen or so demons. Not going great, uh, but buying some time. Piro has just brought you back to consciousness. Uh, you still feel like you got hit by a truck, because frankly, you kind of got hit by a truck. And uh, yeah, what do you do? So how many demons are we talking here? About six. Oh, that's not as many as I thought. I thought we were talking like dozens. I mean, there are definitely more, but six right now. Okay. Yeah, I guess I better try and whack a few out of the sky. How are you going to do that? Now, I will say this. Some of them are engaging with Ruby, which means they are on the ground. So you've got, like, a spread. I will shakily, like, use my staff to, like, stand up. And then once I get straight, I will whip that same staff forward and take one of the big blocks, like those big, like, skyscraper blocks of concrete. Like the rebar? Rebar, yeah. Oh, yeah, like, right in the middle. Of, like, I'm pulling this straight out of Infernus Tower, which is behind nice. me. Just basically one of those big blocks out of the wall and just trying to, like, run it through the demons that are in the air over uh, over Ruby. God damn. Uh, so, yeah, that seems like a directly engaged to me. Yeah. Does that sound like I'm pulling my punches to you? Uh, that is up to you. If you are uh, intentionally not trying to uh, to injure these demons beyond reason. I don't have any legitimate reason to not injure them. I mean, you could just be being a hero. Up to you. I'm, I'm willing to allow it. I would love to use fight the good fight instead, but... Go for I, it. Okay. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Which is great, because I rolled a six, but with savior I have plus two. Uh, so that brings you up to a hit. So on a seven through nine, pick one. Obviously, you cannot impress, surprise, or frighten these demons. But what would you like to do? Let's create an opportunity for my allies. And what opportunity are you setting up? Uh, take down the demons that just got knocked out of the sky. And the thing that you did not do uh, was resist or avoid blows. <laughs> yeah, that is accurate. That. Yes. <laughs> so I think the way that this is going to work out is that you knock them out of the sky, but one of them does come down kind of near you. And just grabs you like by the front of your shirt and starts zipping upwards. Uh, so at this point, you're probably a good 20, 30 feet in the air. It's not a direct like blow or anything, but it has put you in a tricky position. Got it. At that point, I would like to get outside of this burning ring of fire into which you have fallen. Hey, Jackie, uh, you were on your way to the Infernus Tower last time we left off. Yeah, that sounds right. And as you approach the tower, you can see that there is this swiftly growing pillar of fire uh, that is beginning to ascend around the tower itself. And you can just make out against it uh, the form of Darren, who is uh, fleeing said tower with uh, someone held, as I recall, in her arms, being pursued by 
being pursued by a pretty big demon. You remember um, uh, Frederick's demonic form where it had like the horns and like the, the crown of fire. Looks like that slightly bigger, more horns, but also a very garish like carnival uh, ringleader sort of top on. Just Just horns everywhere. Yeah, horns for days. So the question here is, what do you do? Well, having no idea what's going on, the only thing that I recognize right now is Darren. So I'm going to go towards Darren and, you know, see what's going on. First, I'm going to try to, you know, communicate, but that's obviously not going to (laughs) work. So I I assume I'll have to change my plans to just defending Darren at some point. So as you try to communicate, I assume we get this like bear roar or Yes, yes, there's gonna be a lot of roaring, just rawr. You know, it's it's the same, you know, side-by-side paneling where you have Jackie thinking that she's talking, and then the actual is just, you know, bear, 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 bear. Yeah, so Darren, uh, there is a bear uh, running through the streets towards you, and uh, Jackie's back to a black bear at this point, as I recall, but no cybernetics. Right. A regular, actual, factual black bear. Behind you, swiftly closing, is Balthazar. Debbie is very unconscious uh, in your arms. Mm-hmm. And there is a bear rushing towards you at street level. I am going to say that since I uh, would classify myself as one of the closer friends to the Baroness, I think I would recognize the Baroness even without the cybernetics. Yeah, that's fair. I'm I'm going to, I'm I would like to say that. So I am not afraid of the bear coming towards me. I recognize it as an ally. I would be a bit confused as to why the baroness now looks slightly different. Surely you're too used to this by now. Like she just <laughs> yeah. changes periodically. I mean, that's anyway. very true, but I've never seen the baroness without the in cybernetics. Those those have always been a constant, a constant in her transformation, so this is definitely going to be a little bit confusing. But the confusion will swiftly pass because the immediate urgency is the fact that I am being chased by a very large demon that I am a bit incapable of handling independently. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to see the baroness <laughs> I will not have any understanding of what she is saying, but I will instead go, I cannot understand you, but I am fleeing with urgency. I cannot communicate. She needs a doctor. And I will hold up Debbie's very like floppy body to like indicate that she is not doing well. I'm just imagining Debbie with ragdoll physics right now. Yeah, like her head lolling. Like she needs a medical professional. Yeah, the um, artist had fun with this one. Yeah. Will the Baroness understand my situation with that explanation? Yeah. Okay, beautiful. I think I'm going to take her to one of the few medical professionals that I know of, that I've met. I wish to take her to the exact same doctor from episode one who was working on the Baroness's cybernetic bear biology, whose name's escaping me. Bahat. Dr. Bahat. I am taking her to Dr. Bahat. He's the only person I know who has an MD, <laughs> so that is not, that does not have, like, a PhD in, like, engineering or physics. That's what most of the doctors in our universe have been so far, are, like, engineering or physics. This is the only one I know with an MD. Would Darren know the difference, though? Doctor's a doctor. That's possible but i have been raised a lot by kopi and i think i would understand that there are like doctors who specialize in like non-biological sciences just asking yeah that's totally fair that's a very fair question very fair question i think i would i would know the difference somewhat 
since uh, life form mechanics and uh, engineering mechanics on my planet are one and the same, there is no difference. I would definitely say that that's an unusual thing on for that I would notice on Earth is that there is a separate profession for that. Uh, so as you're going through this plan in your head, what are what are we physically doing on this? Because I like that we get these as like caption boxes, right? But like, then what is the action that accompanies them? Um, you're going to be seeing like pink and yellow beads of sweat uh, sap coming off my forehead because I am exerting myself as hard as I can because I can like feel the fire behind me like he's so hot uh, I'm going to be feeling the flames coming off of him and I, I would say he's within like ear distance that I can hear him also like if he's like yelling at me or trying to like convince me to turn around and there will be some tears jelly textured tears in all six of my eyes because all six of my eyes will be appearing I will also have four arms coming out of my body since that is my more natural form because I'm very stressed and I'm not able to maintain my normal human presence. And also it helps to carry Debbie with two arms and have it two really arms It really does. I have two, two, two arms for her legs, two arms for her torso. More even distribution, distribution of weight. It's just science. Um, it's just science. Um, and I'm going to be looking around the city that I have some idea where the facility where we were first attacked by Cloctopus. That, that was Apex University, uh, as you might recall. They have a, a medical building. Yes. I'm going to be scanning the horizon for Apex University, trying to find Dr. Bahat and keep like turning over my soldier, shoulder and seeing him coming at me. So you're basically running towards the university. Like, yes. like flying towards the university. Yeah. Try, trying to get away from uh, Pop Pop uh, Infernus. Correct. So uh, I think what I'm going to have you do for that is go ahead and unleash your power to overcome an obstacle. I got an 11. (laughs) Tell us how you avoid Balthazar on your way towards the university. I am going with one of my four arms. I'm going to have summoning up plants from the soil, like erupting. I want to use the term very expressly erupting out of the soil like breaking out from underneath like the cement through the gravel and they're going to be like reaching for him and grabbing at him and trying to like block his path and like thorns coming up from the soil to create barriers to slow him down back down to street level with jackie uh (laughs) you see darren uh diverting towards apex university and these plants begin like erupting out of the soil this big demon is definitely in hot pursuit uh burning straight through Aha! Yes. Burning straight through plants, um, you know, swiping things out of the way. Darren is doing a good job of evading, but definitely not dissuading. So right. the question here is, what do you do? Well, I think I'm pretty able to assess that this, this demon is not good. You know, it's chasing Darren and... See, it seems like it is at least chasing Darren, yes. By transitive property here. So I think I think my, my best bet here is to try and distract this demon by punching it in the face. Nice. Uh, so so give us those panels, because I, I want a really good, like, splash page here, because this is an aerial battle. So let's, let's get Jackie up into the air to hit right. a demon. What does that look like? Jackie's powers are a little bit weird now. <laughs> <laughs> All the powers of Bear. <laughs> Which is not yeah. flying, just to be clear. <laughs> I'm creating a lot of trees for ladders. So leading into the, uh, so Jackie is now a transformed, and uh-huh. part of the transformed is you have to be monstrous in some way. Uh-huh. So the way this is going to play is that Jackie is no longer cybernetic, but Jackie is still genetically enhanced, and Jackie's powers can still mutate. 
to some extent. So, but rather than being cybernetic, it's now organic. Hell yeah, join the organic crew. I'm going to activate a mind of their own. Nice. Which I, which is one of the moves that I kept. And essentially what's going to happen is Jackie is going to sort of grow like big jackrabbit legs. Nice. And <laughs> yeah, That's it's rad. a lot weirder and more monstrous now, isn't That's it? That's terrifying <laughs> in my head. I am into this. And essentially, this isn't conscious, this is just, you know, something that's going to happen. She's going to leap on onto the side of a building and then leap off, jumping really powerfully, and just jump right into this demon with, you know, punch. Uh, so f- I think for a mind of their own, you do have to mark a condition. I do right? mark a condition, yes. Okay, so what are you marking first off? I am angry. Seems what? appropriate. <laughs> you know, it's a classic, let's... <laughs> why? why ruin a good thing? Right? It's not broke. And yeah, go ahead and directly engage that thread. Okay, let's directly engage that thread, shall we? That is an 11. And I'm definitely, definitely going to go within a china shop, because that's the other move that I kept. That gives you three options uh, off of that Yes, list. it does. What are you going for? I am going to create an opportunity for my allies, specifically for Darren to escape. I'm going to impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. And I'm going to resist or avoid their blows. So you've got, I'm going to give you options. Uh, You've got uh, basically buildings or Mm -hmm. uh, these big plants to cause collateral damage. How do you want to do that? Because I think this is you like, like tackling Balthazar into something, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the obvious answer is a building. Because, you know, if I'm going to be causing massive collateral damage, I feel like I got to knock a skyscraper onto him or something. I have a specific building that I want you to knock. Is it an Applebee's? Applebee's headquarters? It is not. We get these panels where we see Jackie rebound off and tackle Balthazar out of the air and into this big complex. It's got like a big radio transmitter on the top, like you might see on like a like a like a TV station. And there's a big like ticker feed sign <laughs> on the front of it that reads uh, Apex City Channel News uh, Power Dunk Super Sports. Uh, and as it's starting to scroll into the uh, hosts of Power Dunk Super Sports, you tackle Balthazar into the ticker sign <laughs> and you just take like the corner off of this building. And I think you have definitely, I think you've both surprised and impressed uh, Balthazar. I, th- I think both of those work. I'll take it. And, and I think we see him like starting to like shakily stand up out of the rubble. A bear! <laughs> Bully! I used to train bears. Let's see if I can get you to jump through a hoop. <laughs> I would like to cut back to the Infernus Tower at that point. So so let's get back to Piro. Because Piro, your good friend William, just threw a chunk of rebar, uh, threw a bunch of demons, knocked a bunch of them to the ground. They are slightly dazed at this point, which means you probably have a good opening to do something with that. Ruby is still tying up a couple of them. You, you've probably got a solid three out of these six that are kind of stunned. There is one that has grabbed William and is flying straight upwards. So the question is, you've either got an opportunity to take out some demons, or to help your friend William. Or I suppose to help Ruby. I suppose you could also help Ruby. I'm sorry, you have three things going on. I know if I don't help William, he's just going to complain about it later. No, 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 no. <laughs> William does not want help right now. Absolutely. I've got a plan. I have a plan, right, right. and I'm excited to pull it off. <laughs> All right, as long as you don't yell at me later and say, I never, ever try to help you. Since so. that does seem to be the trend whenever we whenever we don't immediately ditch whatever we're doing to save your butt. <laughs> yeah. This is Ryan and William, Dave, Apex City. 
uh, so what I would like to do is I think I would like to spend one burn to uh, create a second Pyro, so we have at least, you know, we're, we're not doubled uh, in numbers, uh, so may- maybe have a little bit of advantage there. Okay, so that's one burn. Now, I believe with this move, you can spend a second burn to animate it independently? Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I don't mind doing that. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to. I was just saying, I was just asking if you wanted to. No, I think it would be more useful if it was animated independently. Uh, and and what are you having Clone Piro do? Clone Piro is going to help Ruby, and Real Piro is going to smack up some demons. Uh, so Real Piro, let's let's uh, go ahead and resolve that. Uh, you're smacking up some demons. How are you doing that? Can I just smack them? Slap them around? Yeah, you can, just, you can just attack them physically if you want to. Yeah, yeah, just smack them around a little bit. Just kind of annoy them. Directly, directly engage that threat. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. I got a 12. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, this demon was not expecting uh, a tiny mime <laughs> to just, like, jump on it. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. No one was really expecting it that, to be honest. It was worth the wait, right? This is like that meme, uh, you know, aren't you tired of being nice? <laughs> Don't you just want to go ape shit? So, tell us, first off, what does this look like on the page? And secondly, pick two off that list. Uh, resist or avoid their blows, take something from them, create an opportunity for your allies, or impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. I would like to definitely impress and surprise, or, or surprise with whatever it is, um, one of those. Uh, and I would also like to resist or avoid their blows. That is probably a good idea. And I, it, it really just looks like I'm really winding up you know, a good, a good little smack, and I just really, it's like a good connection with their cheek. Maybe my handprint is on their, is on their cheek? Yeah, and I, and I think, again, this, this, this demon is definitely surprised, because, like, what? I think it, <laughs> there's, like, this ripple of shock that spreads outwards from this one that you just smacked, and, like, the group of them just turn to sort of look at you, like, what? And so stunned and shocked uh, that it doesn't even try to retaliate. <laughs> just like st- standing there staring at you as if like you are the most bewildering thing in the universe. Uh, and, and I think we two get. Of me. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, we get in the background Ruby definitely taking advantage of this surprise uh, to hit one of them in the back of the head. <laughs> We're a great team. William. You're 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 up in the air uh, yeah. with the one demon that is not reacting to this stunning <laughs> turn of events on the ground. Cool. So I got like punched super hard earlier, right? Oh yeah. Okay. So there's there's a little bit of blood somewhere on me, right? Absolutely. Definitely internally. Yeah, because oh, okay. you got hit in the gut like solar plexus, right? Let's let's pretend that my nose is bleeding, shall we? Uh so I'm going to uh look at this demon that is just like holding me. And I'm going to take my hand and get a little blood on my finger, and I'm going to draw a rune on the demon. And then I'm going to say something in faux Latin, and then activate a spell and try and climb inside this demon, just like I used to. Oh, this is good. This is good. Okay. It's body horror. Yeah, Yeah. wear that demon like a suit. Yeah, just like I used to. I'm going to give you an option, and the, the, the results of a fail on these will be pretty different depending on which one you choose. This could either be a directly engage and take something from them, uh, or this could be an unleash your powers uh, to reshape your environment. There is a third option. I'm still just debating if I want to do that or not. 
What is your third option? Yeah, my third option is just straight up uh, do this by uh, um, by uh, activating my moment of truth and really taking control of this entire situation. You could um, you could use your moment of truth. This could be the time. It seems really tempting. I've been holding on to that for a long time. You have. And this seems like, yeah. you know what? You know what? I think I want to do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, is this moment of truth time? I, I think it's time to moment of truth this. So go ahead and read out your moment of truth. Uh, this is the moment when you prove how much the mantle belongs to you. You seize control of all your powers. You defeat even impossible odds to prove you are worthy of the name you carry. You accomplish feats even your predecessors couldn't do. Of course, after you prove something like that, you can still expect more responsibility to be placed on your shoulders. Uh, so for the moment, you're in control. You tell me what happens. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to do exactly what I said. I'm going to uh, draw this rune, activate it. This demon is going to freeze in place. Um, and then I'm just basically going to merge into it and wear it as a suit. I am then going to open a portal with the demon, step through. I, I want to be directly beside Grandpappy as he's face to face with a bear. Touch Grandpappy on the shoulder actually just grab him by the shoulder and lean over and say, we're not done with this conversation. And then I'm going to teleport us both into the hellscape that the demons live in. So I, I love this. I want to yes and this. I, I like this as a moment uh, where you're not just climbing inside a demon. You're, you're taking that essence back into yourself because you are, uh, you know, familiar with this whole process. You used to have this bond and you're basically just reestablishing it with this fire elemental. Um, the one you had been bonded to previously was more like a shadow kind of demon. This is a straight up fire demon. Uh, so it's similar and you do still portal, but it's all very like fire themed. It's all very explosive. Dope. And yeah, you grab Balthazar uh, and the two of you just burst into flames, uh, and there is this ash that begins to fall from where you were. And and yeah, Jackie, that just happened. As <laughs> these are, so the uh, these demons are like made entirely of flame, or are they? Uh, do they have like physical bodies that are then burning or something? I, I, they, they are entirely flame, okay. um, but I like the idea that since you've been kind of like tying yourself into a bunch of like uh, earth-based magic, that what's going to end up happening with you is more of like a volcanic kind of thing. So would uh, Jackie have been able to even recognize me in that form? That, I'm going to leave that up to Jackie. I'm going to leave that up to Jackie. Uh, betwixt the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes? Well, she might have recognized your voice. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. We will get back to what happened with William in just a second. Yeah, I just threw uh, you a curveball. <laughs> you did. You know what? I actually want to follow this from Jackie. Okay. Because um, <clears throat> I want to follow this scene. So, yeah, that just happened. You were winding up to face down this this big demon. Uh, and then I, I think physically it probably didn't look super familiar, but like the voice is still there. So, so your friend William just moment of truth through the scene and grabbed his grandpappy, pop off to somewhere. Your friend Darren is still fleeing towards the university, uh, holding a Debbie Diabolus, and you just crashed through uh, the the Channel Seven news tower, uh, where Power Dunk Supersports might be off the air for the moment. What do you do? 
Well, I just gave them the biggest power dunk of their career. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm really hoping that I toss this demon through like a, a billboard that had like a basketball hoop on it. But it's like a hoop in the corner that you took off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We can it's so you it's the, the billboard with like the uh, the announcers of Power Dunk Super Sports on it. Yeah. And so like we can see like like the names. Uh so this is Stellar and Scam Likely, who host Power Dunk Super Sports. But like their images have just been like obliterated off the <laughs> the billboard. There's a big uh-huh. bear slash demon shaped hole through it. Yes. So so yeah, you've got a burning infernus tower, uh, and you've got your friend Darren heading towards Apex U. So my question is, when William took over these powers, did the demons at the fire that are trapping Pyro did those disappear or did those stay? The Tower of Flames is at least still there. We'll put it that okay. way. You because you'd be able to see that. Okay. So. If that's the case, you know, I don't really see any th- any immediate threats. You know, I mean, there's a Tower of Flame, but what am I going to do about a Tower of Flame? That's magic. So <laughs> I'm going to turn and head back towards Apex U. <laughs> Obviously, there's some demon stuff going on here that's a little outside my wheelhouse. You know, I don't know if I recognize that as William, but for the moment, I'm not going to deal with it because that's weird paranormal shit. And I'm just not going to think about it right now, and I'm going to go back towards Darren. <laughs> Uh, so, so let's just get to the university then, because I think you catch up, uh, with Darren probably just a few minutes later. You're, you're pretty mobile at this point. And, uh, Darren, I think you have managed to find Dr. Bahat. We don't need to go over the whole, like, intervening space there. But you have managed to find Bahat. Uh, Debbie is set up in a little, uh, observation area. Um, she's got, like, sensors over her. And we can see on the page that she has aged pretty rapidly. But that seems to have at least slowed down whatever they're doing is at least slowing this process. And I think you're kind of like telling Bahat like what happened, like informing him of the situation, right? Yeah, I think I would explain it as best I can. I do not have the firmest grasp of how these exchanges are made. A contract was formed between Debbie, blood type A negative, and a, a demon lord. Um, and she took my friend's powers to save his life, but now it's aging her really rapidly. So I don't know if there's, like, a vaccine for that or, um, <laughs> like, a steroidal <laughs> shot or a fertilizer. No, this doesn't seem like like a viral thing, and it's definitely <laughs> already in process, so uh, vac- vaccination not really going to happen there. Uh, I'm not sure. Anti-steroid. Hmm. Is, is there any... You have to fix her. You have to fix her. That's what you do. You, fi- you fix. You uh, fix we, 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 we will. We will do our absolute best. And I think this is the point at which Jackie enters. And uh, there, there is a moment of, if you will bear with me, a moment of pause. <sighs> where, where everyone just takes in that there is a black bear there. Uh, Bahat actually reacts first because, as we will recall... Olivia had tried to call Bahat before you ran away from Kopi. So she has at least informed him that there is a bear on the loose. Uh, and Bahat kind of like holds a hand up. Easy there. This must be that escaped bear Olivia was talking about. Do you still have your jackrabbit legs? Yes. So one of my, one of my, part of my power set now is transmuting flesh. So all of these weird changes are just going to stay and I'm just going to get more monstrous as it goes on. Oh, sure. But I'm the one doing body horror. Right. <laughs> Look, there's enough body horror to go around. Thank you. And I'm into all of it. Um, can I greet the Baroness and 
identify her so that they understand this is, in fact, the Baroness. You sure can. Okay, I'm going to see the Baroness, and I'm going to run into her great big furry arms and hug her. I think uh, I think the one thing that I am going to need you to do, though, um, because you're basically attempting to defuse a situation before it becomes a situation, I am, I, and I'm going to give you this option. You can either uh, provoke someone susceptible to your words, because I think the hot is, to just, like, trust that you know what's going on here. Or you can uh, speak up to defend Jackie. Uh, so you can either defend someone or provoke someone. I'm going to defend someone. Okay. So that is plus savior. All right. My savior is plus one. Drat. Five. A six. I have a six. Okay. Well, you know, we have a team in the pool uh, and Jackie is here. You could help bump that up to a seven if you want. Oh, yeah. I definitely, definitely want to bump that up to a seven. Cool. Uh, how are you going to do that? I think the way this is going to work is that um, I'm going to start doing uh, some very non-bear sort of things. So, you know, like I'm going, you know, I'm going to, you know, give Darren the hug and, you know, I'm going to, you know, like, you know, like try and play up that I'm not a normal bear and sort of that we know each other here. Just to sort of get this point across just a little bit more. So I don't think I need to um, do anything uh, super, super hard here, but you do have a couple of uh, a couple of decisions to make, uh, Darren. Uh, you can either take influence over Jackie, uh, clear condition, or add a team to the pool to replace that team we just used. Uh, which of those you want to do? I think I already have influence over Jackie. So if you take it, you which can shift we... her labels. Oh. You shift her labels if you do. Which I'm fine with. If you want to make her appear more mundane. Never. She's perfect the way she is. Never. I think I'm going to clear condition actually on myself. I know it's very selfish. I apologize for that. Do I it. mean, sometimes you got to clear conditions. Yeah. So what you clearing? I'm clearing hopeless. So I can unleash my powers without minus two every time. <laughs> That's smart. Thank you. And the downside of this is that you either expose yourself to danger or escalate the situation. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a way to expose myself to danger. I'm going to say expose myself to danger. Okay. I'm not sure how to do that, so I'll leave that to you. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. I got it. So uh, as it turns out... There is definitely something bizarre going on with Jackie's biology at this point. And a few <laughs> sessions back, you merged yourself with a gem that does lots of fun biological ah, yes. stuff. <gasps> oh, no! Uh, so as you, uh, as you, you know, hug Jackie, uh, you feel that gem <laughs> beginning to react inside you. Oh, no. Uh, and, like, and, like, extend uh, tendrils to, to your plant nervous system. Uh, I'm going to have you mark that guy, Trek. All right. So something in that gem has woken up now. All right. I had totally forgotten about that gem. <laughs> uh, and I want to briefly get back over to Piro. Your, your, friend, your friend William has now disappeared. Uh, Gonzies along with a demon. The other ones that were here seem to have been a little bit shocked, uh, not just by you hitting them, but then by uh, William apparently taking one of them over. Ruby is tearing her way through them along with your Pyro clone. Can I uh, can I inject something? Yeah. Interject. Yeah. Uh, yeah. From Pyro's perspective, William was pulled up in the air by a mass of fire, and then there was a larger flash of fire, and William and the demon were both gone. That's true. That's true. So you so, have yeah. no uh, idea what just happened. I I apologize for leaving you behind, but here we are. <laughs> well, she can do what you always do and just hold that grudge against you for like sixteen episodes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Or Piro might think that William is dead. That's true. Either of these seems equally likely at this point. 
I actually think it's all a result of my bitchin' slap. <laughs> you know, to be fair... That sounds right, yeah. You might have slapped this one demon so hard that his friend <laughs> blew up. <laughs> exploded and incinerated William. Now, I do want to draw your attention to a couple of things that are happening right now. Um, because a couple of things are happening right now. First and foremost, uh, as mentioned... The rest of these demons seem to have been uh, significantly weakened uh, by the removal of the one, and Ruby and your clone Piro are making pretty good headway with them. This big pillar of fire, though, still going strong, almost to the top of the building, which we may recall is a skyscraper. It is big. And your friend Ruby, who is normally adorned out in masks, uh, you notice something that Ruby hasn't quite yet, a lot of those masks are starting to uh, crack, and parts of them are starting to crumble away. Okay. So, what do you do? Oh, okay. Well, I only have one burn left, so I can use that. And I think the best way to use that would be to use moat. But I don't know whether I'm more scared of Ruby or more scared of the fire. I think I'm more scared of the fire, so I would like to spend one moat to create a barrier that'll hold back uh, threats, uh, and I think that threat would be the fire. So you're just creating a moat around... Uh, is it just you, or are you including anyone else in this? No, I think I, it would be like a little box around me and Ruby, and I guess I guess Clone Piro, Clearo, if... Uh... Okay. Clearo, sure. Scientologist, yeah. Um, yes. Uh huh. <laughs> we'll Perfect. <laughs> All right. Uh, so so yes, you you form your box uh, around the three of you. Um, Ruby takes a couple of swipes towards the demons and then realizes that she's just meat and box, and stops and kind of looks over at you. Why did you do that? We had them. Uh, we may have had them, but there's we. What are we gonna do about that? And I'm pointing at the at the little. Well, the big fire. She kind of looks at the big fire and then looks back at you. You know, I hadn't actually thought about that. And at that point, um, you notice that uh, one of the masks that she wears kind of like on top of her head like a baseball cap. Uh, and this one is uh, a very joyful, smiling mask, fully cracks in half and falls to the ground and shatters. Uh, and when it does, Ruby just collapses. Oh, no, not my friend. And you can see that a couple of the other ones uh, that she has gained, uh, notably the angry mask and the sad, sad mask, are uh, are starting to likewise disintegrate. Oh, I don't like that. But possibly more uh, pressing is that the demons outside your box, far from redoubling their attack, stop and all look skywards. And then as one, line up and kneel as this pillar flares brightly and your moat comes in very very handy uh because everything inside this pillar begins to glow really like white hot very very briefly except for as it turns out the tower the tower itself layers over with a layer of gold and at the top floating in the sky just above the tower is what looks to be an inverted golden city what and we'll see you next issue Masks in a New Generation is written for Magpie Games by Brendan Conway. 
It is made of generational secrets, rapidly escalating situations, and body horror. Go buy a copy, or don't, I'm not your dad. Or am I? Jackie Bear is played by Christina. Piero is played by Lenny. William and Furness is played by Jordan. Darren is played by Nan. Find her on Instagram at Nanjitsu. Apex City is streamed by Jeremy, who also writes the music and edits this podcast. Our album art was provided by Fitzsimmons. Find them on Instagram at Fitzonomy. Find us wherever fine podcasts are sold, and if you like us, hey, a five-star rating on your podcatcher of choice would go a long way. Follow us on Twitter at ApexCityCast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next issue.